This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Think about Lawrence. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! Elliott. Dodge the eye of this national championship win. A deep throw by Lawrence. A lot of contact. Justin Ross broke free from it. He's down in the end zone. Touchdown, Clemson. Welcome into episode 55 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson alongside my other host, Joshua Perry. And thanks for bearing with us this last week because college football gets two bye weeks. We also get two bye weeks. And unfortunately, um, I was under the weather with that nasty flu. So we appreciate you guys uh, hanging in there with us and understanding. (laughs) It was not good, Josh. No, I mean, it was on my part just... Last week kind of got away from me as well. So I think yeah. it was good. Everybody needs a week off to get refreshed and regroup and do a little self-scouting and, you know, yeah. see where you can improve. And that's what we did. We did. And you know what? It's great because this is Thanksgiving week. So uh, a lot of us, not all of us, get to kind of spend some time with our families. I wanted to ask you because I never was like a big Thanksgiving food person until probably like in my college years. So what's your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Okay, so I'll start off by saying this is the best week of the year. You know, eight-year-old me would have said Christmas week. This is the best because you get football, you get family, you get really good food. It's just like everything you want. So um, in saying that, I need that homemade cornbread dressing, not stuffing, but dressing. And then uh, I'm a cranberry sauce guy, but it can't be out the can. That's got to be homemade too. You give me those two things and I'll be good to go. And then you're good to go. You know, the funny thing you said about those two things, Joshua, those are the two things I despised as a kid when it came to Thanksgiving meals. But now that I'm older and I guess my taste palettes have changed, I can always do with a good, you know, dressing type of topping like that and then fresh cranberry with my turkey. That's Absolutely. like the best. It's um, delicious. <laughs> well, we're looking for some big helpings of college football this weekend because this is, again, like you mentioned, a weekend that we look forward to because of all the rivalries that are going on. But let's rewind just a little bit talking about this past weekend. Um, it was a weird weekend. There was a couple good games, some intriguing matchups, and then all of the other ones were just kind of like throwaways, forget about kind of games. Let's start with the big one, though. Your Ohio State Buckeyes taking down Penn State. So it was. this was an interesting thing. I think at, at some point fans were thinking, oh, okay, this, this, this might be, you know, Penn State coming back to win this game. But of course, you know, the Nittany Lions had scored 14 points in a span of like 25 seconds in the third quarter. I think they pulled within seven. But guess what? Ohio State prevails and takes down Penn State. So Ohio State still undefeated on the season. What did you see out of that game, Joshua? 
Yeah, it was such a strange game. Ohio State got off to really quick start. And I think the the thing that you take away first off uh, before we kind of get into the details of it is Ohio State's defense is truly elite. Um, they were put in some bad positions. They had to deal with the quarterback change from a guy who wasn't going to run it a ton to having a mobile quarterback to the point where that changes up your run fits and kind of how you can call the game. They adjusted really, really well to that. And the fact of the matter is Chase Young is the best player in college football. I I don't care who you're a fan of. I don't care what region of the country you're watching football from. Uh, What he's done against the best competition he's faced this year is truly ridiculous. And it was a three sack day for him. It was obviously his first came back from his suspension. But like that, that type of performance is just amazing considering the fact that Penn State hadn't given up a ton of sacks throughout the season too Mm -hmm. Um, it was just really awesome that he did that but Ohio State first off showed that they're going to run the ball on offense when they get in big games they did the same thing against Wisconsin they did again this week Uh, and I think to the tune of like between 75 and 80 percent of the time they ran the ball Um, and it kind of begs the question what confidence do they have in Justin Fields throwing the ball down the field and their O-line protecting because Penn State's a blitzing team and I mean they were getting after him Um, They had like six sacks, I believe, 10 tackles for a loss. And so kind of a question there. But I think the other big takeaway, and this is because Penn State fans said this to me on Twitter when I I tweeted it, but this is not to say that Ohio State was the only team that made mistakes in the game because everybody's going to make mistakes. They're going to turn the ball over, coverage bust, miss tackles, the whole deal. What really showed is the fact that Ohio State can turn the ball over three times. They can give it to you on the 12-yard line, the 35-yard line, and you'll only get 10 points out of it. And that even through all of that, giving up six sacks and 10 tackles for a loss, they're going to beat another top 10 team by double digits. And mm-hmm. that is amazing. They they fumbled the ball going into the end zone. That would have been a four touchdown lead. It would have Ohio State would have had in that game. You feel like the game's over. And they didn't. And it was a momentum shifter. Uh, the fact of the matter is, even with those types of mistakes, a 17 point swing truly just based off of turnovers, Ohio State still won the game by double digits against a top 10 opponent. And to me, you put LSU in that situation. I don't know if their defense can bow up uh, sure. and get the stops that they need. And so if we're having the conversation, Ohio State proved that they're the best team in America because even on their worst day of the season, they're 11 points better than a top 10 team. Yeah, and that was my point is, you know, every team is going to have its its bad day and that, you know, if you want to call that a bad day, but they still got the victory is that's all that matters in the end. And then, you know, up next is the team up north and Michigan comes to Ohio State this year. Harbaugh still has not beat the Buckeyes. So I feel like with Michigan kind of, I'm not going to say they've figured it out, but they've obviously done things to make this team better and now Ohio State you know still undefeated going strong how much are you looking forward to this meeting on Saturday I think it's going to be a good game I'm looking forward to it for a couple of reasons and number one you know Michigan's feeling good about themselves they're flying high and I thought last year they had a little bit of a front runner mentality the way that they were kind of going through their schedule and they got smacked in the mouth and I think this year they're a little bit more in tune to how they want to handle business. Um, on the flip side of that, I think Ohio State's been all business-like. They're coming off of a game where they didn't play well, but they won, which means that the coaches are going to get after them hard and make sure that they're making adjustments, which is what you want. Yeah. Um, there are going to be a couple of matchups in this game I'll be looking for. Is number one, I think that Michigan, in their run game and in their pass game, uh, they're going to be looking to scheme. And that's different formations, four by one formations, unbalanced formations, shifts 
motions, all those types of things. You put two running backs in the backfield. They're going to run wildcat. And so how does Ohio State's defense handle that? And the run game in terms of not giving up big gaps in the run and then the pass game because they like a lot of scheme passes. And you see Shea's been a lot better these last few weeks throwing the ball. And I think a lot of it's due to the fact that guys have been wide open. And then they've hit on the 50-50 ball, which they should have been doing all year. The other matchup I'm looking at is how does Ohio State's O-line and quarterback handle the pass rush and the blitz? Because they're, again, a blitz team. A lot of times Mm -hmm. they run out of man-to-man. They've gotten in more zone. But the reality of the situation is, I think when they're a man-to-man looks, they, they won't be able to cover our guys, Ohio State's guys because they've struggled throughout the year and you flip on the tape and there are some plays that they make. And if, if the, the pressure doesn't get there, there's a couple guys running wide open quarterback could hit. So I think they got to be able to pick that stuff up. And if they can, they'll be able to have success. But overall talk about another game where the talent level steps up in terms of Ohio state having to play a really talented team. And then it's a rivalry. So there's going to be a lot of emotion to it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one this weekend. Let's go back to the PAC 12 and disappointing. I feel like I say this all the time. So Oregon was probably the biggest front runner out of Utah and Oregon to make a possible trip to the college football playoffs this year. And then in one game, the Ducks fall to or- Arizona State, State, excuse me, at Arizona State this weekend. Just extremely disappointing. You saw Justin Herbert, who continues. I know some people are really high on on this guy. I I'm continue not. to still, yeah, I'm not either. I continue to still scratch my head about this guy. Uh, he's coming out, obviously, this year. And I still have a lot of questions about him, especially in situations like this. I mean, look, Oregon needed to win this game. There, there shouldn't have been a reason if they were as good as what they have been talked up to be. They shouldn't have fallen at Arizona State. So I don't know, Joshua. I just think like, again, this is so disappointing for the Pac-12 because even though Utah, they, they won this weekend over Arizona. Here's the thing, though. Utah is not a sexy team for the committee. And I just think even if they beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, I just don't think the committee thinks they're a sexy enough team to get into the playoffs. I mean, what are what is your thought on on the Pac-12 right now and just the continued issues with them? Sure. Um, I think you brought up a really good point. And I, this is probably an unpopular opinion, but a lot of people are starting to realize it's true. But the college football playoff is building a TV program for ESPN. I say it just about yeah. every week. And the fact of the matter is they're going to want to have brands that are going to tune in and they're going to want to have fan bases that are going to travel. And Utah is, I think people would tune in just because of curiosity, like how good is Utah, but you're not going to have people that are like intently focused on Utah football, like a huge fan base that is going to want to watch all those games are going to want to travel. Yeah. And so when you look at the PAC 12, I feel like that really hurt their chances. You wanted Oregon to kind of be that team because Mm -hmm. Oregon has at least a little bit of a bigger brand and people are more familiar in the whole deal. Fact of the matter is I think it hurts too, because uh, now you've got PAC 12 championship game where uh, it'll be Utah and Oregon and uh, Oregon hasn't beaten anybody of consequence this year. Neither has Utah. And now Oregon's going to have two losses. So it would be a one-loss Pac-12 champ who would eventually beat a three-loss team if that's Utah. Um, That three-loss team doesn't have any big wins. And so you can put doubt in people's minds. And it'll be the same thing. Like Alabama doesn't play in a conference championship game. And they haven't beaten anybody good. But you know they're Alabama. And you trust that their fans are going to tune in. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, the West Coast has been a mess. We've been saying that since like week four of the season. And 
now it just gets a little bit messier. And then it opens the door up too. like, what do you think about Baylor compared to one of these teams? Like if, if Oklahoma wins out, do you think they have a shot? Like, can you make a case for them getting in? And so, you know, the chaos that we like at the end of the year is here now. Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, the, the chaos in the SEC, there wasn't much of it because, and I'll get to this in a second, because a lot of these teams before their big rivalry games do not play anybody. So, but going back to Georgia, who played another conference foe, Georgia sneaking, sneaking past A&M. Look, the defense largely responsible for this win. Texas A&M finished with just 274 uh, total yards and negative one rushing on the game. Uh, Georgia was just not the offense that, again, going back to what we've seen in the past with them at some times, just not the offense that, you know, we've seen at other times. Here's the thing. I just, I keep going back to Georgia because they're, you know, they're expected to get into the college football playoffs. And I just don't know why I'm still like having this uneasy feeling about this team. And I just don't think they're as solid as everybody else thinks they are down here. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll tell you what, because it goes back to what I said about Ohio State is the offense you know, had the worst game that they've had all year. And the defense was still good enough. They even when they were in bad positions, they could do enough and the offense could still put up 28 points. You feel like if Georgia's defense has a bad day, their offense can't score more than probably 21 points. And that's a bad deal. On the flip side of that, you feel like if they can go off for a handful of points, their defense shows up to the game, they're going to be good. And that's why you get a little trepidation. And we're used to seeing teams that can like genuinely just outscore people like LSU's defense doesn't have to really show up and they're going to put up 40, 50 points. Mm-hmm. We're used to seeing that Alabama similar story this year. And this is a complete opposite where it's like they're, they have to pack their defense. You, you feel like Jake Fromm is, is not the quarterback we all expected him to be. No. And it's just like, they don't have explosion on the outside. Their run game's good, but like how much are you really going to run the ball to win these games? And so, I mean, I'm there with you. I don't think Georgia is the team, but they're winning their games. Yeah. And there's something to be said about that because we just sat there and talked about Oregon. Like we thought they were yeah. a good team. They lost and, and Georgia's still beating people. So going back to what I was saying about this time of the year and some of these SEC schools playing cupcake teams um, right before their rivalry games, there's other teams in the Pac-12, regardless of how good or not good they are this year, they're still playing each other. They're still beating up on each other. Same with the Big Ten and these other conferences. So my thing is, is when do they change this and make this even on all fronts? Well, and I'm glad you brought that up because I, I think the the nine-game conference schedule is one of the biggest hindrances. For example, Ohio State in 2017, they play an extra crossover game. They get Iowa, they lose that. 2018, they play an extra crossover game. They get Purdue, they lose that. And it it hurt their chances in both years. And the SEC just doesn't have that extra conference game that could go wrong. Oregon just played in theirs. And so I'm with you. Like The reality of the situation is if I were the Big Ten, if I were the Pac-12, I would not schedule that ninth conference game. I don't care about the money. I don't care about any of that. Like You get more money from making the bigger bowl games. Like the bowl buy-in is crazy and the TV money is explosive. And like, I would just roll with that because it's just, it's not doing anything for you right now. Right. No. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. So I, you know, I don't like to talk about the the big 12 much, (laughs) but I have to. Um, So Baylor is getting into the big 12 championship game. 
I will say this about the Baylor Bears. Two years ago, Matt Ruley was a first-year head coach at Baylor, trying to dig his way out of the cellar after that all that crap that happened with Art Bryles and the departure and what he mm-hmm. left the program. And Baylor went 1-11. and Now you see the Baylor Bears. Um, you have to give a lot of credit to what Ruley has done. The Bears beat Texas 24-10 in their home finale on Saturday, like I said, to clinch that spot in the Big 12 championship. this I do like seeing these stories, Joshua, just because it it goes to show that there are coaches out there that can do it the right way and and turn around programs. Yeah, and you know, everybody who I talk to uh, within coaching circles says that he's going to be up for whatever he wants, whether it's an NFL job, a larger college football job, like everybody's got respect for him and the way that he's gone about his business, but also like the fact that he's a really good coach too. Uh, It's a big deal. And then, you know, I think it is cool to see Baylor get into is just kind of uh, wide open in that conference as well. But at the beginning of the year, we're talking about, you know, Oklahoma, obviously, but then like Texas is back and all this other stuff and Mm -hmm. Texas absolutely is not back. And I uh, will always take the time to get a little dig in at Texas because I'm just so tired of hearing everybody talk about them as a good win because they're a brand. But anyway, um, <laughs> and Baylor truly like, you know, they, they had Oklahoma on the ropes and should have won that game and didn't. And you don't know, like, do you respect them more for getting them in that position, even though they didn't win the game or is it like, you know, Baylor's just not that good. The reality of the situation is I think this rematch yeah, is, I mean, it's, it's going to be everything you want out of a football game. Yeah, it might. I mean, I don't know what the combined score is going to be. It's going to be outrageous. But regardless, I'm sure it will be fun to watch. And I'm still it is kind of interesting, though, because I'm still hearing people in national media say, oh, you know, if Oklahoma does win the Big 12 championship, they still have a, a chance at making the playoffs. And I know technically they do. But I just don't think I don't really know if I feel like they're worthy of that spot either. If it's a team that just continues to not be like a defensively sound team, I know that they've they've been better this year, but I just don't think they're deserving of a spot. Do you? Okay. And and so let's let's go back and forth on this. What's the difference between Oklahoma and Georgia? And I'm not saying Georgia's worthy. No, but like I, I'm, I, I'm not either. I'm just Georgia, asking. I think Georgia plays in a better conference, and I think Georgia plays better defense. Yes. I think those are the two things that I would say I'll lean towards Georgia. So on the flip side of that, I think that when you start talking about matchups, like, well, first off, I I don't think there's much of a difference between the teams just in terms of their, you know, like what I get out of them. So, for example, like if Ohio State was in the playoff and they got Georgia as their matchup, like. I'm right. good. I think Ohio mm-hmm. State's going to suffocate them on defense. And, you know, maybe we don't have an explosive offensive game, but we can absolutely score more points than them. Yeah. I think Oklahoma, though, even as bad as their their defense is, their offense, you feel like, gives you some issues. C.D. Lamb's one of the best players in oh, America, sure. as well as Jalen Hurts. Like, yeah, they, they've got weapons. And so it, it just it feels like a more fun football game. But, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, Oklahoma's been underwhelming in some of their victories. They don't really have that signature win. And, you know, at this point, it's kind of like, what is it really going to be? Like, who do you want to take? Who do you think is going to be the better matchup? Like, what's going to draw fans? It's one of those situations. And I think when it comes down to it, I was speaking to somebody at the Titans game yesterday about this, and we really all just want to see when it comes down to it in terms of, 
I guess, a really good game, a really intriguing game is LSU and Ohio State in the championship game. I mean, that's what I want to see. I would think that that's what a lot of the country wants to see. Clearly, a lot of things have to work out for that to happen. But I think when I'm looking at it down the line, I'm, I'm like, these are clearly the two best teams in the country. Oh, I definitely agree. And I, I think there's intrigue, obviously, when you talk about uh, Joe Burrow. And that, then, yes, the storyline. Yeah, that I mean, that's a hell of a storyline there. And then, um, you know, we're going to talk about two high-powered offenses and, you know, which defense is going to be the one that's susceptible. Like, there's so many different places you could hit with it. I, I would that would be the matchup for me. Like if I want to see anything this college football season is at. Well, we still got a little ways to go. Uh, before we leave, we're going to hit on some good stuff from the gridiron. I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I've been I covered obviously a lot of college football, and the other week I was at a Vandy game, and you know the just the downfall of Vandy. It's just been awful. So there, it was the fourth quarter. They're getting like whooped by Kentucky and they play that. I don't know if I know the the name to this song. I think it's like swag. It's like a song they play in the fourth quarter in a lot of college football games and all the players like on the side, like do like this dance. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm just, like no dating myself. Anyways, so it's a thing though that's definitely like a trend because I see it in almost every college football game in the fourth quarter. So they're like getting their butts kicked. And there's at least six or seven players on the Vandy sideline that are like dancing to this song, like acting like they're winning this game. And I'm scratching my head and I'm like, why are you doing this? You look like idiots. And I've seen it in several different situations now with teams where they're losing and they're on the sideline and they're like dancing and acting like, you know, they're winning the game. What are your thoughts on that? Football's a fun game. Okay. I know it is. So just because you're losing, don't let the people steal the joy out the game. So you would, you'd be down there doing this dance if you were getting your hiney whooped? Hell to the no, but. If somebody feels like they want to dance, I'm not going to steal their joy. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. I mean, I get it. I get it in a way. I just think I'm so competitive that I don't know if I'd have that extra boost to do something like that if I'm getting my butt whooped, you know? Yeah, it's not for me, but, you know, I'm not going to yuck somebody else's yum. Right. Okay, I respect it. I respect it. So the other thing I wanted to talk about, Graciano. He um, was possibly going to have a reunion with Rutgers, and supposedly there's a report out there that Rutgers had offered Shiano an eight-year, $32 million deal. A lot of money right there, and I'm pretty sure they didn't come to terms, but he said no when it comes down to it. I mean, I didn't really think he would come back there. Why would you go back there, first of all, when you know what that program is? And at the same time, who in the heck are they going to get to go to Rutgers at this yeah, point? Yeah, I, I, I said the same thing. So uh, first and foremost, and this is going to be unpopular considering my employer, but um, Rutgers yeah. is absolute dumpster fire. Um, yeah. I, it's it's rough that they're in the Big Ten. Uh, I don't think you can recruit very well there. I don't think you can win games there. It's just, it's it's a rough situation. If you're Rutgers, I don't know who you have to call, but I would have had somebody in there. And I'd have offered him fifty million dollars, like because if you feel like that's your guy and he gives you the best chance to achieve yeah. any type of goals, like back the Brinks truck up, like the, the numbers shouldn't matter, you know. 
if, sure. if, if the dude wants you to, you know, hey, I need you to get me two cars. I need the country club membership. Uh, I need the private jet hours. I need you to to offset some of the costs of my housing. And I'm going to need $40 million. Like, pull the truck up. Give him exactly. what he needs. Yeah. And to your question, like, they're talking about some coordinate. I don't think anybody who is a current head coach name, would do it. Yeah. They, yeah, they talked okay. about Joe Moorhead because, you know, just not a fit down south. But, like, you want to go down south and kill your career. Like, you better off doing that than coming to Rutgers and then further killing your career. Um, That's true. And then the other side of it, too, like, at this point, first off, the guy who's who's running the show right now, and I think he's done a great job. He handles the media well. Uh, players tend to love him. Nunzio Campanelli is a former high school coach. He was coaching in high school like two or three years ago. Wow. And yeah, the reality of the situation is like their interim coach is probably a reflection of what type of coach they, they could legitimately get. Because if I'm a position coach and I'm trying to jump up my money for maybe three years, knowing that I'll be a position coach back again in three years, I might take the job. But if I'm a coordinator at a good school or if I'm a head coach, there's not enough money to convince me to take that job. Yeah, and that's saying a lot, especially when it comes down to what everybody wants these days, and that's getting paid. I, You didn't have a hot take this week, so I have to ask you and put you on the spot. What is your hot take? Because I feel like, you know, you've been on a roll lately with these hot takes. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just... You had a loss for hot takes this week? Yeah, I'm trying to... There's some... There wasn't a lot that happened. There's some though, intrigue either. around the, uh, the Alabama-Auburn game. I just don't oh think Auburn has it. Like, there's no hot take for me. There's okay. That's yeah. your hot take is that that won't be what it usually is. Yeah, I just I don't think there. I don't think it's there. <laughs> just a little jab. Just a little jab. Well, what I'm hoping um, this weekend is for the Washington State Cougars to finish strong. They are bull eligible with a win over Oregon State this past week. Not saying much, but I don't care. It was a victory. And guess what? They play UW in the Apple Cup. And this is something that has been a bugaboo for the coach I love, which is Mike Leach, but he has not been able to beat the Huskies. This is just something that it hasn't been popular. So I am hoping that the Huskies, aka what I like to call the Fuskies, <laughs> will go down in their own city of Seattle this weekend. Hopefully I'll be able to bring you and report good news next weekend, Joshua. I hope I'm not, so. I'm not as worried about your Buckeyes as I am about my Cougars in this one, just with the yeah. track record. I'm not worried um, about my Buckeyes either. Yeah. But yeah. So I, I mean, bring me good news. I know, right? I, I want to celebrate a victory so I can boast a little bit. Okay. Well, that is a wrap on episode 55 of Press Pass. Again, thanks for bearing in with us last week as uh, I was out um, a little bit sick, but I'm back in the saddle ready to rock. For this weekend. So with our podcast, you can always go and subscribe. It's really easy. Just go to iTunes, um, type in press pass, and then give us a follow, a subscribe, and also rate and review us. You can give us five stars. Super simple. I always like, I'm like one of those people who loves just clicking like on buttons. So it's just super easy to just like click the five stars. You can follow me at Kayla Anderson TV on Twitter and on Instagram for everything sports related especially college football and joshua you are a man of the people as well where can they go to follow you yeah you can follow me at rip underscore jep uh, most active on twitter uh, this is the perfect time of the year we got holiday coming up my week is front loaded got questions send them to me want to chat about college football go ahead and hit me up 
at RIP underscore JEP. Also, I agree with Kayla. Like, I'm a button clicker. It's what I right? enjoy doing. And this is like the easiest button clicking you can do. So you might as well yeah. just do it. It is. It's super simple. And you can be like, you can feel fo- feel fulfilled for the week by just clicking on the five stars. All right. That does it for Press Pass. Um, you guys enjoy a great weekend of rivalry, college football, and we will be back here next week to wrap it all up. Have a great one.